Welcome to the Daily Horror Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Krieger, bringing you daily reviews of currently streaming horror movies for your twisted pleasure. Be aware that these reviews may include mild spoilers. And as always, I hope you enjoy. I think most of us can agree that the zombie subgenre could use a dash of originality. While we still get a handful of quality, undead features every year, these are often praised for their effects and gruesome kills, rather than implementing new narrative strides to push the genre forwards. Luckily for us, Jeff Barnaby's got us covered with one of 2019's most thought-provoking and gory zombie films, Blood Quantum. Barnaby's indigenous zombie film is currently streaming on Shudder, and it's about as creative of a take on the genre as there could be. Telling the tale of a zombie virus that decimates all of Earth's population, except the indigenous Mi'kmaq community of Red Crow. Blood Quantum's narrative twist is that the indigenous people are immune to the zombie virus, whereas those who live around them, primarily white people, are the ones most susceptible to the virus. Blood Quantum's premise tackles the duality of indigenous people once again being faced with a decision as to whether or not allow outsiders into their lands. Their blood literally puts them at the top of the survival hierarchy, as it were, as those outside their race are the outliers for a change. It's apparent early on that Barnaby has something to say with Blood Quantum. The film is crafted around its premise and commentary, rather than simply relying on over-reliance on exposition dumps. From the film's very title, Blood Quantum, which was a vile government system used to measure and impose sanctions against individuals based on their indigenous blood, Barnaby never strays from putting the uncomfortable realities of North American history right into the audience's face. In an interview, Barnaby said that he was inspired by George Romero's Night of the Living Dead, as well as the documentary Incident at Restigouche, focusing on Quebec police raiding a Restigouche reserve over salmon fishing rights. This is telling as to the drive and passion that's translated through Barnaby's mind to the audience through the film, serving as another strong example of telling marginalized people's story through the lens of horror. First and foremost, the film's pacing is fantastic. Rather than dropping the audience into the thick of the zombie virus decimating the world, we see the slow and methodical unraveling of society. We're introduced to the pre-virus Red Crow community and those who call it home investing the viewer into the people who live here, and more importantly, their story and their unique experience. We explore Blood Quantum's world through the boots of Sheriff Trainer, played by Michael Grayeyes, as he attempts to bring order to his small community, which is quickly seeing the foundations crumble due to the virus. We learn Trainer is struggling with his rebellious son and complicated relationship with his ex-wife, on top of attempting to maintain law and order in a community that the outside world has long since abandoned. This pre-infection period allows us not only to get to know these characters and to be gradually immersed in this new, unconventional zombie setting. The subtle introduction of the virus begins as you might expect. Hospitals are swarmed with bite victims, multiple instances of violence break out in town. It's slow and relatively quiet, but if you don't keep your eye on these instances, they'll sneak up on you. Blood Quantum has the most memorable intro to any zombie movie I've seen in recent memory. We see Trainer's father fishing, and when he guts his catches of the day, the fish's corpses still flop around as if they weren't just disemboweled. It's subtly chilling, rather than an in-your-face bloodbath that we're used to with zombie films. Though, once the violence spreads to the point that residents of Red Crow can no longer ignore it, the film jumps to six months post-infection, and the community has been turned into the last safe haven in the region. As there's a single bridge that connects Red Crow to the rest of society, their island becomes a fortress, though not all are instantly offered safe haven. Upon approaching the new entrance to Red Crow, the gates read, if they're red, they're dead, and if they're white, they'll bite. It's pretty apparent the commentary being made here, and I think again, it's an important premise that's backed up by Barnaby's legwork in developing the film's indigenous identity. It's commentary on colonialism, and how now that the roles, as it were, have shifted, the saviors must decide whether to allow the invaders into their lands. 
For example, there's a memorable scene where the Red Crow leaders decide whether to allow white refugees into their camp, given that they're likely to be infected. The factions of the Red Crow are split on whether to allow refugees, given how they've been tricked and treated in the past, and seeing how characters struggle with their own history in light of their current one is a bleak but powerful conversation. Now, apart from its strong and unique narrative, Blood Quantum has plenty to appease zombie gorehounds, featuring some of the most stomach-churning practical kills out there. You might even go as far as to say it's metal as fuck. Characters utilize all manner of shredding, slashing, shooting, and sawing their way through zombies via wood chippers, katanas, and chainsaws, leaving little to the imagination as to what the ultimate zombie carnage might look like. I mean, it doesn't get more badass than trainer's samurai sword-wielding father tearing through hordes of zombies, does it? Well, perhaps it's the chainsaw kill that makes the Evil Dead remake look like child's play given the buckets of blood spewed across characters. Like I said, it doesn't get more metal than this. The profound sophistication of practical effects really cannot be understated, and provides enough gallons of gore that even those who aren't as enthralled with its narrative as I was, will surely walk away satisfied in this regard. For as strong as the kills are, Barnaby ensures his approach to violence doesn't minimize the terror of a zombie outbreak. With zombie films that focus on high body counts, sometimes they can adopt the persona of an action film often leaving behind the dread and depressing realities of society crumbling to a zombie virus. Barnaby makes it clear early on that his zombie apocalypse spares no one, regardless of age or gender. One particular scene where Trainer responds to a pregnant woman having been zombified, which gives Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead's pregnant zombie birthing scene a run for its money. By including these overtly disturbing and unforgivingly violent scenes, it complements the film's parallels and social commentary to the indigenous experience well. And for a film that is so deeply entrenched in its social commentary, it's refreshing to see it flow so effortlessly in a satisfyingly blood-soaked zombie husk. Now, my only real qualm with the film is that its narrative feels a tad rushed, especially in the second half. I wanted to spend more time in the world of Blood Quantum and see these characters develop and thrive within it. The last act of the film feels like a sprint compared to the marathon pacing of the beginning, that is dedicated to establishing its world. This is a rare instance of a film that would have benefited from a longer runtime, or even as a miniseries, to allow the premise, setting, and characters more room to breathe. That being said, Blood Quantum is without a doubt one of the most original and blood-soaked films out there. A new take on a beloved but somewhat stagnant genre that isn't afraid to put its commentary right in the viewer's face, though never at the expense of its strong, gory zombie core. Fans of Train to Busan or The Girl with All the Gifts will certainly gravitate to this more so than The Walking Dead crowd. So definitely check this out while it's streaming on Shudder. And that's going to do it for another episode of Daily Horror Habit, and I'll see you guys soon for another horror movie review. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Daily Horror Habit podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Daily Horror Habit on your preferred streaming service. And follow at Daily Horror Habit on Instagram or at Daily Horror Pod on Twitter.